0: This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer
1: bar near you.
0: McBride's in the box, a hard
1: cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, you know Welcome to Bone and Beam United.
0: Happy Soccer Podcast Day, what is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Oh man, what a day in the World Cup. I'm trying to focus on the World Cup and not... Some of the other stuff going on in Columbus sports. Yep. So we'll just move on from that. Uh, but hey, there... the
1: good news, good news, is that you can have a really bad sports weekend if the U.S. loses. Oh, that's
0: that's what we're hoping for. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly it. Why not pile it all on? That'll be fun. Uh, so we will get to that. We will get to the U.S. men's national team, what they have to do against Iran tomorrow. Uh, but before we go there, lots of good action today. Quite a few back-and-forth affairs, Uh, another team locking up uh, their spot. Actually, two teams, right, advancing to the next round. Uh, So we'll talk about that. And just some overall good play, Beamer. What would you think of the uh, matches before we get into them this weekend? Or this week, today, Monday, that's the day. There we go. (laughs)
1: Uh, So it started out with a really, really good one. And I know probably a tough get-up for some people, you know, coming off the weekend, coming off a holiday weekend, perhaps some people weren't, you know, back into their workflow or weren't anticipating waking up uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning. Let me tell you, man, that Cameroon-Serbia game was one of the most fun soccer matches you're going to see with high expectations and a lot riding uh, on the line. So Cameroon goes up, 1-0 bone, and they've been pressing, 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 kind of get the, a goal out of the run of play, and Serbia had been controlling the ball. They've been playing pretty well, and Cameroon get a goal out of nowhere. It's like, all right. Perfect. That's going to be good. We know exactly what's going to happen is now that Serbia is going to start pressing as we get into halftime, and the game's going to open up nicely. Before the game even got to half, it was 2-1 to one in favor of Serbia, and then all of a sudden, it's 3-1. to one. Cameroon come back and score two goals in the 80, 80-something minute, and I'm losing my mind trying to do a radio show. Oh, I'm yeah, looking right. at this game, watching it on TV, like what? In the what just happened? It was three to one, and now it's three three, and there were still chances at the end of the game. Like it was nutty town that game this morning.
0: Yeah, I I woke up to tweets saying, if you didn't get up for this game, you're going to regret it. And I went and watched the highlights, and I said, yep i I regret it. I wish I could have watched it. I wish I would have watched it live. But yeah, that's sorry. A,
1: yeah, it was in the uh, 63rd and 66th minutes. Yeah, had, not. But
0: uh, well, but if you looked up in the 80th minute, you probably saw the. the that's change exactly
1: there. what happened. Yes,
0: yeah, right. Of course. But yeah, it's that I mean, last 30 minutes of that game, it appears, were just crazy, right? Where everybody's knowing now it's a 3-3 game and someone's got to break through. No one eventually did to break that log jam and to break that tie. But well, and the fact too, back which and forth was, is what you yeah, want to see.
1: The fact too, that what was crazy about it is that you felt that Cameroon were just swiftly like out of it. Because you have Pavlović score for Serbia and then Sergei Malinkovic Savage and they score like back-to-back goals in stoppage time in the forty-fifth minute going into halftime. And you're like, well, that's it. You know, I mean there's like 10 minutes of added time in these halves, but still, whatever. They score in stoppage time. And then they come out and score ten minutes into the second half. And you're like, oh, it's three to one. No chance. Right. And then Cameroon, literally ten minutes later, come back. They had a chip goal over the goalie, which was absolutely beautiful. And then uh, Chupa Moting scored, who's one of the better players in this tournament, to make it three-three. And you're right, the fact that we didn't have a game winner in that goal, you still, it was still one of the most fun games of the World Cup so far. But yeah, I mean, it was just fantastic. The fact that we didn't have a winner was kind of a, a little bit of a travesty.
0: Yeah, really seems like it deserved one. But either way, that was uh, an entertaining affair for sure. Uh, another Afcon team, Ghana, they get the win against South Korea, three to two. <laughs> some controversy at the end of this one. Uh, There was a, a whistle at the end when South Korea had a corner kick lined up in stoppage time. Now I didn't get to watch all of the stoppage time, Yeah, but from what I saw online, a lot of people were saying, you know, that, that,
1: Ghana were killing time. Yes, they, they were, were killing time, and they were and so South Korea going down and saying that they have cramps and right and they, South it wasn't Korea rightfully for the so. to come out on the field. Yes, they were killing time. And by the way, there was ten added minutes to this game as well. Right.
0: So South Korea is rightfully so saying, "Hang on a second, but they're still wasting time in this game. And I mean, that's debate, right? That's the that's kind of the beauty of how this works. The referee has the discretion to say that's enough time. Enough time has elapsed. But ninety nine percent of the time the referee is going to say, finish off this corner kick, and then we're done, right? That's usually how it plays out. Yes. And so when that didn't happen and the whistle blows, Ghana wins three to two, South Korea's manager comes storming out, runs out onto the field and got himself a red card for their final match. Hey, so,
1: I like it from Paulo Bento.
0: Good. He, for had, you. he had to come out and say something. That was, I thought a travesty. I th- I didn't think that should have happened. So yeah, but that one, that one was also a back and forth affair where, South Korea comes back and ties it up, I believe, two different times. Like it was just a great game as well. So you yeah, had. It
1: sure was. So Ghana took a 2 0 lead in this one. And then South Korea, literally within three minutes, ties the game back on. Kudos for Ghana. Comes back right after that, scores a goal to make it 3 to 2. And I tell you what, Bone, I've never seen. I've been watching soccer for a long time. I don't know if I was of Ghanaian or South Korean descent if I would have lived through that game. Like the last 10 oh, right. minutes, it seemed that South Korea, I don't have the number in front of me, but it seemed that they had at least 30 crosses into the box in the last 10 minutes. Like, right. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah,
0: that's one to go back. If you've not watched the highlights of it, at least go check that out because, yes, I agree with you. From what I saw of it, it looked pretty hairy and pretty wild. That's the type of thing that you want throw in the World Cup. You want there to be excitement. You don't want teams just trying to kill it off. And and that's what these second, first and second games of the group stage tend to get you, especially the second game. Because you have a lot of teams who suddenly have realized the stakes. The first game, maybe they're feeling this tournament out a little bit. Second game, they're like, well, we, this is where they go. And then that third game, there's a strategic underlying to that of like, hey, if all right. we get is a point, we're through. And so you might see a little bit more boring play from some of these teams where they know, hey, all we have to do is just try to kill this thing off. Didn't see that as much today. Um, all
1: right, so I'm looking at the stat. I got the stat in front of me. You ready yes, for this? It's going to blow it. your mind. All right, so you had uh, for South Korea – All right. By the way, they were just bossing the game for the last 10 minutes. They had 17 accurate crosses, which was good for 37%. Now, my math is not very good, but that tells me that they had damn near 50 crosses attempted in the game.
0: Good Lord. And I'm telling you, man, about
1: half of those came in the last 10 minutes. I mean, it was nuts. It was absolutely crazy town what was happening there at the end of the game. And I believe they had 12 corners and like nine of them came in the last 10 minutes. I mean, it was just bone. When I say it was insanity and Ghana, were doing everything to batten down the hatches, literally everything that they could do to stave off South Korea. And they did that and credit to them. Cause they got three points and they were damn close uh, all of a sudden to tying Portugal last game as well. So they yeah. have blown my expectations out of the water.
0: They definitely have Ghana's is playing extremely well in this tournament. Uh, speaking of Portugal, your guy, Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. got credited with a goal, no but, then, but then, but yeah. <laughs> then they pulled it back because his former teammate, current teammate, I don't know how to describe the two of them right now. We don't talk national teammates. We don't talk about Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> he had uh he had a nice. Was that off a free kick or was that just a cross into the box? I forget. It was just
1: a cross and, uh, and your Uruguayan goalie. I mean, anytime you see Cristiano Ronaldo lurking in the box going up for something, you're probably going to shift your attention to him. Yeah. And so and he was expecting goalie,
0: it to come off of Cristiano Ronaldo's head. And so he kind of yes. froze and then the ball just kept on going.
1: Right. Yeah. Goalie kind of froze and drifted with the line of play with what Ronaldo was on and Ronaldo didn't get a touch to it. And ball beat the goalie far post. Like it was one of those situations where, I mean, it was a great pass by Bruno, but it ultimately ended up being a great shot because it faked the keeper out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, I, I think that was a pretty interesting game too for Portugal as they were able to get the penalty kick, like you said, later on in the game and salt that away two to nothing. So
1: By the way, sucks for them. Told you in our World Cup previews about Portugal. Nuno Menj, their left back, 20 years old. Yeah, Very good, fun player to watch. He went out with an injury. I don't know the status of that. It looked to be decently bad. Um, so that's going to stink for them. Now, Rafa Guerrero, good player for Portugal. Obviously, he started in their first match, but that's a big hit uh, if Nuno Meng can't go any further in this tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Speaking of injuries, you had this with Brazil, right? Neymar not available for this game after he had the ankle injury, but uh, as Brazil was still trying to find a goal, they eventually did. They've got so much talent, man. They just have that, that extra little gear, and Casemiro got a goal for them against Switzerland in their game. That proved to be the difference in the 83rd minute one to nothing winner there from yeah, another pretty talented player for Brazil. They have quite a few of them, as do many teams in this World Cup, but that's why they're the favorites because they've just got a ton of guys that can find you a goal even when the whole team isn't playing at their best.
1: Yeah, so they had a goal ruled offside. I believe it was Vinicius uh, who had a goal 65th minute or somewhere along there. And Brazil kind of bossed in the game uh, a little bit. And I thought Switzerland had a pretty good tactical idea of what Brazil was going to do. Uh, by the way, Manuel Akanji played great for, for Switzerland, uh, one of their center backs, he was just all over the field and it could have been uh, a lot more. It was unlucky. It really was for Switzerland that they were unable to see a point out of this Casemiro hits probably a one in 50 shot. Um, so unfortunately for them, for Switzerland, they dropped this game, but yeah, you get, at least for me, the way that I compartmentalize this game bone is that Brazil, obviously a team full of superstars played not up to their best level today and still were somehow able to find three points like yeah, that right you know like for all intents and purposes that should have been a nil nil game it should have been one point apiece all right fine they move on to match day three with everything to play for but somehow brazil managed to find a winner like that to me signalizes or symbolizes the kind of keynote of a really really strong team
0: yeah yeah And they found it
1: from Casemiro, who isn't one of the guys who you would anticipate scoring a lot of goals in this tournament.
0: He's he's not, but he's also a guy that still has plenty of capacity to change a game in his own right. He's just not one of their, I don't know, five or six best players, which is (laughs) saying something when they have that. The other thing to keep in mind, though, with Neymar, and it was weird because there was this storyline of, are they better actually without Neymar on the field? No. Go look at the passing charts and you'll see it. Like, they were pretty much one directional going, like, working through the middle of the park to the right side of the field. And that was like they were getting thwarted up the left side. They had to adjust everything to go to the right. It was, it was a very one-dimensional attack for them for quite a bit of this game, even though they did have quite a bit of possession, like you said. They, just, they, they were not the same without Neymar. So go figure. Having the guy who's been their best player for the better part of 10 years actually affects them even though they're Brazil and they have a lot of talented players right. having their best player not on the field and did I see correctly he was in the stands at one point like
1: I don't I have no idea I don't know what I was saw going this on. picture of someone who looked a lot like him so he tweeted out with him I don't I'm guessing it had to be at the stadium I was confused with that too um so he I, he instagrammed a picture of him like in a an air cast, you know, those like recovery yeah, legs, right. that they blow up with air and they, I don't know what they do to you, but you've seen all the athletes. Yeah. Do it constricts the and blood was, flow or whatever. Yeah, and he was, he took a picture of him wearing that, looking at a TV saying like, come on boys. And then it looked like he was in the stands having a great time. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I what's don't know happening either with them. <laughs>
0: Maybe his sister was having her birthday party there and he decided to attend. <laughs> yeah. You never know. That's an old, that's just an old, if you know, you know, if you don't, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll take a break. we come back. Big game tomorrow for the U.S. men's national team. They take on Iran with everything to play for. We'll discuss it next. It is Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. It defies description. Now back to Bone and Beam United. All right, so what's on tap for tomorrow in the World Cup? I mean, we could break down all the other games, but we know. 99% of you listening to this thing, you're curious about what's going to happen between the U.S. and Iran it all comes down to this for the United States. The stakes couldn't be clearer. Win the game. You advance. No questions asked. You tie or lose. You're out. That's it. So win the game. That's pretty straightforward. Pretty cut and dry for me. That's the thing that the U.S. Men's National Team has quite the ability to do. It's been fun for me, Beam. I don't know if you've seen all the write-ups from people talking about, hey, this Tyler Adams guy. I mean, he He's owned a bunch of guys <laughs> on this England team and had them in his pocket for most of that game. Uh, Eunice Musa, like Jude Bellingham, has been dropped from England's starting lineup, yeah. because of how badly basically Eunice Musa handled it. Jordan
1: him. Henderson over <laughs> Jude Bellingham,
0: Jordan Henderson's a million like, years old. I love
1: Hendo, and the way that he plays for Liverpool is great. And any Liverpool fans are going to scream at me for the comment I just made, but, but he's
0: a million years old. Jude Bellingham is is decidedly not. He's the future of English soccer, one Might of the, the future of
1: Liverpool, so. right?
0: Right, exactly. So, the fact that that occurred tells you how well this team played. So, The U.S. national team upped their game, certainly. Tactically, from Greg Berhalter, I'm curious as to what we'll see. Oh, God. Well, I mean, right. It could go a lot of different directions. We barely saw Gio Reyna in this tournament. Do they unleash Gio Reyna to start this game? I don't know that that's necessarily the answer. But if not, when does he see the field? What happens with Josh Sargent? Is he out there in in more of a capacity? The thing to keep in mind with Iran, if you're looking at this team and saying, well, when they played England, they got smoked. And they played a lot better when they played Wales. So what's how did that happen? One of the reasons is because Sardar Asmun, he was unavailable against England, Bayer Leverkusen forward, but he was able to go against Wales, and so that meant he was able to match up with Mehdi Taremi, who's also been great for Iran yeah, in this tournament. Yes, but when Asmun and Taremi are both in and engaged in the game, they are a tough, tough duo. The back four, and specifically the center back pairing with Walker Zimmerman, right, and, and probably Tim Reem, they're going to be challenged by those two. And obviously Tyler Adams right in front of them is also going to have a lot of work to do with those two guys. So to me, the question is, can the U.S. handle that pressure and can they dictate the game the way they did against England? You'd think so. England's a much better team than Iran. But this is all or nothing. And Iran knows they only need to get a point out of this game.
1: It's terrifying. Uh, I'm horrified. And here we are sitting on... Monday at six o'clock. By so by the time that we get to this time tomorrow, we'll obviously know the U.S.'s fate and everything that uh, is going to happen as they move forward through this World Cup. They will either be in the round of 16 or they won't. And I am horrified. So my worst worst fear tomorrow, Bone, is that you know they're playing well and they just can't find a goal. You know, yes, like because right. we've seen it so many times, like Uruguay today. Thought they were pretty unlucky of not finding a goal. Had a bunch of big opportunities, couldn't get it done. And now they're one of the most disappointing teams in the tournament and have all left to play for on their final match day. And so when you you cannot replicate these high-pressure situations. And I know a lot of these guys play for big clubs, and individually they have played uh, in a multitude of different big games. But that is on a club stage. This is on an international stage. This is the World Cup And none of these guys, other than DeAndre Edlin, have World Cup experience in their back pocket. So it's the whole adage, man. It goes back to, I mean, are you going to shine when the lights get bright or are you going to shrink? Like, are you scared to be great or are you going the other way with it? So if they come out firing and can't find these opportunities, like, I think they're going to have chances in the game. Like, don't get me wrong. I think they will have their, their chances. But I'm worried about them finishing those opportunities and finishing those chances. Cause I yeah. could well see it getting into the 65th, 70th minute and this bad boy's nil, nil. And then all of a sudden like, all right, now we kind of have to get out of our game plan and we have to start pressing a little bit like And that, that prospect terrifies me. Well,
0: what I am thinking is that, I mean, I'm expecting the game to go, it could go any direction, right. But I'm expecting Iran to say, we will press for the first 10 or 15 minutes to Correct. or 20 minutes to try to get something. And if we don't get it, that's okay, but we want to wear them down a little bit, get them in their own half. They don't want to give up anything in their back line, but they want to try to make the U.S. work for the ball for the first 20 minutes. And then they know get to halftime zero, zero. Second half, if it is if it is zeros or if it is tied in any way, they know that game is probably going to end up mostly in their third and mostly them breaking on the counter and trying to hit the U.S. in that way, if at all. That's that's my my biggest fear to your point is that they're in the 75th minute. The U.S. has had a dozen shots on net. Or a dozen shots, maybe two or three end up on net, but they're not great chances. They're good chances, not great. And then they get a breakout. Iran ends up streaking down the field Uh and you need Matt Turner to make one hellacious save to keep you in the game. And if he doesn't, then you got to come back and not get one but two for a team that has struggled to score, not just here, but in all of CONCACAF qualifying. Nerves, man, nervy. You know what would be a bad idea is if you were working, let's say from three o'clock on, (laughs) When the second <laughs> half of this game is on, if you're a big U S soccer fan and you've waited eight years to that? watch this, what a, what a dumb idea. Whoever didn't take work off for the second half of this game. So, uh, yeah, listen to common man and T-bone tomorrow from three to six. If you want to hear <laughs> the most distracted I've ever uh, been on the radio, uh, I actually no joke. Common man said to me, do you just want to not do the three o'clock hour and I'll just do it solo. And I was like, no, get out of here. Yes, but no, I will, right. I will, I will be in there. Well, the will, best
1: part too, is that if you're listening and you're not going to be watching the game, like you will tell, you'll the get US updates, a goal.
0: you'll get updates. Trust me. You'll know.
1: Ah!
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, related to nothing that we just talked about Beamer, what will you be doing tomorrow at Oh, say two o'clock in the afternoon, just out of, for whatever reason, what are you doing yep. tomorrow?
1: It sounds like a good opportunity for me to enjoy happy hour down at uh, Zaftig Italian Village. And Great for no idea. reason at all, other than the beer of the month uh, being the USA IPA. So I'm just going to be down there. I don't know. They have TVs and they might have, I don't know, Hallmark Christmas movies on. Whatever's like on. That, but,
0: Whatever's yeah. on. Whatever mm-hmm. people want to watch. You know, that's it. That's all there is. That's yep. good. Well, I hope you have fun out there at whatever you're doing with that.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. I hope you be. have fun doing what you're, you're going to be doing.
0: Well, I'm allowed to watch the US World Cup here oh. cuz I'm I'm working in a journalistic capacity to cover. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Maybe maybe not journalism, but whatever, we're doing it. Either way, that is it for us today. Here's the schedule for the podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow night we will not have one of these updates because well, it's going to be interesting either way. So we figured let's just on Wednesday morning, kind of like we normally do when we do our soccer podcast. We'll just get in the studio in the morning after Beam's show, which is at 9 a.m. That's when Morning Juice ends. We'll record something, have it out before noon on Wednesday, and then we'll pick back up the last few days of the group stage. We'll have you daily updates again, but we'll check that out on Wednesday morning. We'll give you more of a full, complete breakdown of the U.S. and the other games, too, but mostly the U.S. So if you're wondering, that's the schedule. And that is it for us. Thanks for listening to the World Cup Daily Recaps here from Bona Beam United.